The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Most of the year up until now, we have been in the Gospel of Luke. Today, we return to the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks truths about the spiritual world, and his listeners, with only a few exceptions, hear Jesus' words on the level of the physical world, and so they repeatedly miss Jesus' meaning. In today's gospel, Jesus is at a meal in the house of Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus, whom Jesus has just raised from the dead, as described in the passage preceding today's gospel. It is just six days before the Passover when Jesus will be crucified. Mary comes and kneels at Jesus' feet and symbolically pours out her deep love, her very being to Jesus in a sacramental offering of costly perfume. Now Judas, one of Jesus' disciples who is also at the meal, objects to this wastefulness saying, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? But John tells us, who are reading his gospel, that Jesus said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Judas kept the common purse for the disciples and used to steal what was put into it. All deceitfulness and treachery aside, Judas completely misses the spiritual gift that Mary is offering. He reduces the fragrant offering of love to dollars and cents. He does not discern the spiritual, writes John Shea. He knows only what he can count. This lack of spiritual sensitivity means that Judas 
cannot receive Jesus. Now, if you're at all like me, you may have this niggling thought at the back of your mind. You know, Judas has a point. Pouring out that expensive oil on Jesus' feet is a total waste of money that could have been used for the poor. The perfume called nard comes from the spikenard plant, which only grows naturally in the Himalaya mountains at an altitude between 10,000 and 16,000 feet. No wonder it was so expensive. And one denarii was one's day's wage for the average worker of Jesus' time. So it would take the average laborer 300 days to earn the money to buy that perfume. Figuring the equivalent amount of money at today's minimum wage, the cost of this perfume would amount to almost $30,000. $30,000. Now it has been said that if you want to get to the bottom of something corrupt, you should follow the money. And that is certainly true in regard to Judas. But I want to suggest that we can discover some deep truths in John's gospel if we obey the directive, follow the smell. Follow the smell. At the beginning of today's gospel, Jesus tells us that Jesus came to the home of Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. Now John isn't in the habit of arbitrarily throwing extraneous bits of information into his stories, so we should understand that there is a link between the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead and today's gospel story. John Shea tells us that the two stories, Lazarus being raised from the dead and Mary anointing Jesus' feet cannot be separated. They belong together. Now you you may remember that the sisters Mary and Martha who live in Bethany just outside of Jerusalem sent a message to Jesus who was at the time in Galilee a long ways away saying, Lord, he whom you love meaning their brother Lazarus, is ill. But when Jesus received the message, he said to his disciples, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And John tells us that though Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, after hearing that Lazarus is ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. To make a long story short, Jesus dallies, and when he finally arrives at Bethany, he discovers that Lazarus has been buried in a tomb for four days. He tells the bystanders to roll back the stone covering the entrance to the tomb, but Martha objects, saying, Lord, Already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. 
Now, just as an aside, early this past week, I began to smell an offensive odor when I walked out the front door of my house. At first, I thought some small animal probably died somewhere. The odor will pass in a day or two. But the odor kept getting stronger. It was a pervasive stench that you could smell from almost a block away. I investigated and I found that a deer had crawled under the junipers in my front yard and died. The powerful stench of death is fresh in my memory. Well, you know how the story of Lazarus' death ends. Jesus, standing outside Lazarus' tomb, calls in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And John tells us, the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him, let him go. Unbind him, let him go. It's a powerful foreshadowing of Jesus' death and resurrection. And now, a few verses later in today's gospel, we see Lazarus risen from the dead, seated in his own home at the dinner table with Jesus, his sisters, and some of the disciples. And Mary comes up to Jesus and anoints his feet with this incredibly costly perfume wiping his feet with her hair. And John tells us, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. One day, the cloying stench of death. The next day, the heavenly fragrance of a whole pound of costly perfume. She has done this to prepare me for the day I will be placed in a tomb, Jesus says. John wants us to see that in lovingly pouring out a whole pound of outrageously expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, Mary anticipates Jesus pouring out his life in love on the cross. And there's more. Fast forward six days to the Passover, which John ties to today's gospel story by mentioning at the beginning that today's story was six days before the Passover. And we see Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus taking the dead body of Jesus and wrapping it in linen cloths along with 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes. 100 pounds. If the one pound of perfume that Mary pours over Jesus' feet fills the house with fragrance, just imagine the fragrance in Jesus' tomb when he is anointed with 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes. Clearly, Anointing a body with 100 pounds of fragrance does not compute. And that's exactly John's point. 
He does not want us to compute this, imagining what a hundred pounds of perfume would look like and what it would take to get it to the tomb. He doesn't want us to compute, doesn't want us to even try to analyze it or understand it. We are to smell it and be overwhelmed. Now, scientists tell us that our sense of smell is more closely linked to our emotions and memories than any of our other senses. People are 100 times more likely to remember something they smell over something they hear, see, or touch. Smell and emotion are stored together as one memory. To this day, whenever I smell red cabbage cooked with vinegar and bacon, I am transported back to my grandparents' apartment in Chicago at Thanksgiving time. And I'm sure you can attest to your own emotions and memories tied to smells. My friends, we are so used to hearing Bible stories and processing them with our minds. It doesn't dawn on us that a story might be told that is meant to engage our sense of smell that most advanced of all our senses, the only sense that is fully developed in our womb, that sense which dominates our perceptions until we reach the age of 10 when the sense of sight takes over. But I want to suggest to you that we miss the full meaning of John's story of Jesus' last days if we do not engage our sense of smell if we do not smell the stench of death at Lazarus' tomb or the fragrance that filled the room when the resurrected Lazarus is seated at table the next day and his sister anoints Jesus' feet with a pound of costly nard or the impossibly powerful scent of 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes filling Jesus' tomb, totally overcoming any possible scent of death with a sweet spicy fragrance of heaven. Smell and emotion are stored as one memory. The fragrance of nard will linger on Mary's hair for days afterward, carrying with it the emotions of love and grief. The fragrance of 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes will cling to the bodies of Nicodemus and Joseph for days after they bury Jesus. The old hymn asks us, were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Can you not smell it? John asks us. That sweet, spicy, overpowering smell of 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes, an unmistakable promise still clinging in our emotions and memories that death does not have the final word.